2: This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show, streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get
3: your podcasts. Why does it always have to go boom? This is it's cool. like, watch out! It's Tom. Boom.
0: The dragon hmm. is, a, is up.
3: They sound like it's, a criminal when they play that.
4: Yeah.
3: Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, every time you go to the movie and you hear boom, I mean, somebody bad's really coming.
4: Yeah. Huh, for Wait. some for some reason, Tom, I don't know if you can hear us. We can't uh, hear ourselves in our headphones for some reason <laughs> I, I don't know why we were totally good a moment ago. Oh, how's that now that, new, that yeah. now. okay there we go there were some different settings we were setting the board up a little bit different yesterday uh because you know we don't want to make sure we want to make sure tom is uh present for every interview that we give for young girls who are far too young to be on our show
3: <laughs> that's
4: correct <What>? that's correct <laughs> tom was making reference the other day when we had what was his name audrey corsa the gal yeah. from Poker Face, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, she was she was very nice and very sweet, and she's a very lovely, talented actress. But Tom was like, I don't think she got anything we were saying. I was like, Yeah, because she's a zygote, <laughs> she's 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 basically a baby calf. <laughs> she is. She is.
3: very very nice person, but she had no idea what the hell we're talking. And it's not that she was stupid at all; she's just very young. Yeah, just young. That's all. Mm-hmm. Nice kid, though. Very great stuff she was in Poker Face. I was just telling Rudy off the air that. Uh, I just watched the next episode of Poker Face. That woman is a supreme talent. She's amazingly good in that show. I don't I even know her name yet. I've only watched a couple of episodes. But uh, yeah, Poker Face, and what is that on? Is that on Peacock or where the hell is it? Uh, yes, that's
0: on Peacock. Are you talking about uh, Natasha Lyonne? Ly- Ly- is main? she the star of it? Yes, she's so good.
3: Amazing. Yeah. I don't know that I'd want to stand toe to toe and fight that woman. I'm just here to tell you. I wouldn't get my ass kicked.
0: Agreed. Um, yeah, she's and she's been on a bunch. Of, Orange is the new black. She came out hard in that oh, one with she's okay. the the with the uh, raspy voice and the uh, right. aggressive bangs. And then she <laughs> she was on a really good Netflix show where she kept dying. I can't remember the name of it. Um, oh really? Yeah. I th- it was like it was kind of oh, like dead to me. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah, de- dead, dead mm. to me. She
3: was on there. That's right. Was she? I think so.
0: No, it's called uh, Russian Doll.
3: No, it's dead to me. I've it.
0: Well, <laughs> you are dead to me, and You're I'm dead probably to dead to you. But Russian Doll was the one where she, she keeps every time she dies, she wakes up in the same like her own birthday party, and so it's kind of. I thought that like, was dead to me. Okay, well. There's a happy death day that you like.
3: Whew, that is a good movie. Oh, mm-hmm. Happy death day? Yes. I don't know. Like I said, though, so, are there, so there are two shows about the exact same thing that she'd always wake up at a party? I mean, that's kind of weird.
4: Oh, yes. I do kind of remember that. Yeah, but this concept is so... There was an Andy Samberg movie where he kept waking up every day at the same right. wedding reception out in the desert, and that mm-hmm. movie was yep. great.
0: And Dead to Me is the one with Christina Applegate.
3: Oh okay. yes. yeah. yeah, that's why I was mm-hmm. like,
0: I know it's not that one.
3: You know, I have a tough time picking out these, you know, these L.A. actor hustlers. You know, they're all the same. They're all mm-hmm. the same to me. Yeah, no. You know, it's kind of interesting. I, I got up this morning and I was checking out this, that, and the other thing and how the weather, I mean, it's going to be 38 today. It's going to be 47 tomorrow, 45, 45, 42. Weather's well, getting much, much better and I'm checking around and looking around all this stuff and... I did notice one thing. The people who bitch about climate change the most are the ones that are causing all the problems. Have you noticed that? Yeah, like Rudy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was thinking the entire state of California. All they do is pollute out there, and all they do is bitch at us about polluting.
4: Yeah, yeah pretty hypocritical. that amazing? Very hypocritical, that state, the entire state. Yep. Oh,
3: I agree. I'm top to bottom. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Maybe not Muir Woods, but they're going to change the name of Muir Woods anyway because he was a prick, apparently. Hmm. <sighs> I guess. You ever been there? You ever been in Muir Woods?
4: No. Uh, no, but I can't wait to go, go to Bidet Macoska Woods. Ugh, gross.
3: Certainly. Abs- absolutely. No, if you've never been Muir Woods, I'm here to tell you. All right? You need to go. Although, uh, opening, it's a huge forest up, uh, I think it's, yeah, it's north of San Francisco somewhere. I don't know where the hell it is, but it's, Catherine always takes care of that stuff. I just get in the car and shut up. <laughs> I, I literally do. Yeah. So, here's where we're going, Tom. Okay, you got it.
0: Oh, yeah. It's like just right. You're right. It's about, um, uh, it's not too far from Golden Gate Bridge. You just go north mm. and then a little bit west off the highway.
3: Yep. yep. So here's uh, my, my great first experience in Muir Woods. Catherine says, I have heard this is the most spectacular, serene, peaceful place in the United States. You're going to love it. It's going to be wonderful. We walk in, there's these giant redwoods and all these big, giant trees. And it's so quiet, and you can hear the birds and the animals and all that stuff. And it's just magnificent. And we, as we're walking by, I look to my left. There's a man with his legs crossed, leaning against a tree, meditating. I thought, well, how great is that? This is such a peaceful place. People come here to meditate because it's so incredibly peaceful. I got the uh, word peaceful out of my mouth. He wasn't meditating. He was drunk, and he projectile vomited just as uh, I said that. <laughs> uh, a,
0: those are interchangeable. I'm yeah, sure he was yeah. praying to some god. <laughs> sure. Sure.
3: <laughs> Yeah, old granddad. That's a god he was playing to. <laughs> hey, what's his steal this morning Now Jack Daniels is pissed off. At, is there something called Pup Daniels or but have you heard about this? Uh-uh. Pup Daniels. Uh, I don't know what the hell it even is. I just glanced at it, but Jack Daniels is all pissed off at this other company because they put out the bottle looks exactly like a Jack Daniels. You know that iconic Jack Daniels bottle, mm-hmm. right? Uh-huh. The bottle looks just like it. I think there's. I think what I saw was a picture of a dog on there. But uh,
0: oh, yeah, I see what you're talking about.
3: Oh, you're looking at it? Mm hmm. What's it? Is it? Is Is it called Pup Daniels or I what is it?
0: It's called, okay. So Bad Spaniels? Bad Spaniels. Bad
3: Spaniels, there it is. A clash That's between
0: cool. Jack Daniels Whiskey and a pet company selling a poop themed dog chew toy landed before the Supreme Court on Wednesday as the justices wrestled with the parody of an iconic brand crosses the line from First Amendment protected speech into trademark infringement. Um, it says that uh, under federal law, the trademark law, they're claiming it likely confuses customers and infringes oh, on its marks uh, and trade. Well. You know, I was trying to get shit-faced last night, and I just kept getting more chew toy in my mouth. <laughs> um, yeah, this is a bad look for Jack Daniels. Like, just be cool. You're not losing out on any money.
3: Well, you can't let anybody open that door, because once that door is open, it's a bitch, man. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> yeah, once you, you let any, anybody in, you, you got, you're going to be screwed.
4: Totally true, and also I don't know any casual drinkers who drink Jack Daniel's, and you know that it's just people that no. are like hard in the paint, like you yes. know guys who are like war vets yes. who are just like just buy themselves at a bar at eleven a.m. Can I read you his the
0: lawyer quote, Tom? It's so stupid. Love it. Jack Daniel's loves dogs. We love dogs and appreciates a good joke as much as anyone, but Jack Daniel's likes its customers even more and doesn't want them confused <laughs> or associating its fine whiskey with dog poop. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I love that. We love dogs. Okay, let's go on the record. Love dogs. Oh, Hate do, this. Don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: So it's just a chew toy. It's not actually something you give to the dog to feed the dog or anything. Like that. It's no, a chew toy.
0: it's just a chew toy that looks okay. hilarious because they're you know chewing on Jack Daniels.
4: <laughs> yeah. Anytime anybody says I love something, you know about a bunch of hateful shit's about to come out of their mouth. Oh like, yeah. I listen. I love gays. But, and then but. it's just 20 minutes of them going on a diatribe. You're like, you could have just stopped at the I Love Gays thing. We would have known that you were very hateful.
3: It's absolutely true. Oh, that's all that goes on,
0: now. on. On it.
3: Please don't interrupt me.
0: I'm so sorry. <laughs> on it, it says 43%, 43% poo by volume. That's why. And 100% oh, smelly.
3: Good God. Yeah. 100%, but does not really smelly.
0: No, it's just No.
3: They kind of reel you in by, by telling you it smells like poop? Why would you buy it if it smelled like poop?
0: No, they're just joking that it's do- It's a dog toy, so it's going to be smelly and gross.
3: Oh, uh, see, I, see, I don't even know about the Catherine washes Jude's dog toys all the time, so they, so they get really smelly if you don't.
0: Yeah, I just think they're associating it with doggos. I mean, mm-hmm. doggo spit isn't the most appealing thing to have in your life, but...
3: Ish. Does Jude have the hot breath? Sometimes he does. You're absolutely right. Sometimes he does. He just went through that deal where he, either he's got Lyme's disease, so whenever he gets off, jumps off the couch and lands wrong, he hurts himself. Mm. So he's been pouting for about a week now. He's still pissed off at the world because he jumped down and got it. And he didn't really get hurt. He kind of just it, you know, it he twisted it. So it was painful, but it didn't no new tears or anything. So he's been kind of a crabby mood the last week or so, but he'll be back. You know what I mean? Mhm. Uh-huh. He's a good boy, that's all I know, right?
4: Yeah, he's a very good boy.
3: Uh, I never, have you guys, did you guys ever own a Chevy Camaro? Uh
4: Uh-uh. Didn't own a Chevy Camaro, but
3: I've driven a couple of them. Wonderful vehicles. That's what I hear. I've never driven one, I never owned one. I went to the Mustang. Camaro and Mustang's pretty comparable, aren't they? I mean, the kind of car. Yeah.
4: For. I, I feel like if you're into, you're either into one or the other, you know, like yeah. it's a yep. Ford or a Chevy thing. So you like one more than the other.
3: Yeah, I think that's that's probably true. It's a, a gorgeous looking car. I'm looking at a picture of a 1969 Chevrolet Camaro Supersport. Blue. Beautiful, beautiful car. Very sleek. hmm the Chevrolet Camaro, an iconic muscle car famous from NASCAR races and films like Transformers, is going out of production after its most recent revival seven years ago. General Motors announced on Wednesday GM will stop making the current generation its sixth of the vehicle in January, the company said. While there are no current plans for a successor to Detroit-based automaker, I didn't even know there were Detroit-based automakers anymore, did you? Uh-uh. Jeez, Detroit is just, my God, what happened to that town, man? Uh, So, yeah, the Detroit-based automaker did tease the possibility of another generation of the vehicle. This is not the end of Camaro's story. Well, so that's good. Would you, though, I'm talking about the two of you, or to the two of you right now, would you be pissed off if they changed the body type of the Camaro? Uh,
0: Sincerely, no. I would not care. Um, You wouldn't care? No. That would not affect my day.
4: I don't know. I like the old school versions of cars. Like when they redid the Mustang, it was just, it was too wide. It was too bulky. I kind of like that more sleek, as we were talking about with the Camaro. I like that version of it. Like when they redid the Charger, it just didn't seem like a Charger, you know? There was a time when Harley Davidson put out what's called a V Rod, and Harley enthusiasts were very upset by it because it looked very futuristic and it was all like, it was all like brushed aluminum. And it's like, Harleys are black and they're loud. They're not these like, Weird sort of EV-looking futuristic bikes.
3: No, no, you're absolutely right. And that's, yeah. Every time they try to make something look futuristic, it looks horrible. Yeah, the future must suck. That's <laughs> what I'm thinking. It's exactly the take that I'm um, I'm making on the deal. Uh, should probably do the weather here, ladies and gentlemen. Really, really nice. The weather for today, March 23rd. A cloudy morning followed by gradual clearing. A high of 38 later on today. So sunny and 38. Tonight probably cloudy, low of 17. On Friday, mostly sunny, warmer with a high of 47, baby. Sunny and 47 tomorrow for a Friday. What the hell? Uh. Wait a minute. So you guys get off at 10 o'clock in the morning and then you got a sunny and forty-seven degree day. Drinking again. I'm having a few. <laughs> ah. Ah. Is that where you're headed?
0: Well, Rudy's headed to Chicago.
3: Well, that's oh, that's right. Yeah,
4: tonight. So it's yeah, work. As soon as we leave here, yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be out the door. But yeah, I, I usually get out about eleven fifteen every day. And every time I'm like, it's going to be a nice day. I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to take a little me time and I'm going to meditate. <laughs> and then that, before my daughter gets home at two fifty from school, and then it's two forty five. I haven't done anything. I've just been like scrolling, you know, the internet or watching TV, eating lunch. I' really got to get better about not procrastinating
3: on some of this stuff you'll be fine. now do you uh, do you appear tonight or just tomorrow night
4: uh tonight is the show in uh, Woodstock, Illinois at the Woodstock oh, that's right. yeah Woodstock yeah. Opera House with Tammy Pescatelli. and then I come back to Minneapolis tomorrow and then fly out for Florida on Saturday.
3: there you go mm-hmm. there you have there you have it now I've never been to that venue you've been there I haven't uh Bob Hope has pl- that venue's been around for yeah. a, about a hundred
4: yeah. years, but Bob Hope has played this room there's ah and it's in the same city where they filmed Groundhog Day so bill murray mm-hmm. did a show there one night it's a beautiful opera house i mean it still has like the original mahogany on the stairwells as you walk up and as you I walk up the stairs when you come into the venue it's all the original woodworking that man it just it you know i get that everybody wants to look modern nowadays but when I walk around Lake Nekomas, I can't stand the boxy looking modern houses. They just don't have any oh, yeah. appeal. And I know everybody wants to be in the in the you know, the new era, but I don't know, some of that old stuff, man, those those old venues, like when you step on stage and the floorboards creak underneath you when you're when you're performing. <laughs> yeah. There's there is something about it, you know, like yep. that's why I hope they never update Acme. Please don't. Just leave it as it is. That stage is. Yeah, the stage. The carpet's tearing up a little bit. Like the chairs have holes in them. Like leave it as it is. Yeah.
3: Oh, I love that joint. I love that place. And the food there is good. The Mm. whole shooting match. Yeah. Owner. Maybe I'd consider him a great guy, but I'm not sure. (laughs) Yeah. Really great place. We're so lucky. The house comedy, uh, the laugh camp. All across the board, we've been very, very lucky. It's kind of weird. Scott Hansen died and all of a sudden his you know adventures and adventures just kind of went away. That's so weird not to have you know Scott Hansen and Louie Anderson and all those guys appearing in town anymore. Man. Yeah, tough to take. Mm. I, I have never been to
4: Scott Hansen's club. That was in Chanhassen, correct? He had them all over the place. Oh, he did. Actually. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he
3: did. St. Paul and
4: the whole deal. Did you ever work with him? Never. No. I mean, I, I think I had met him one time. And uh, I I believe he thought that I was an adolescent kindergartner when I met him, (laughs) because he was a very large man, and I am very diminutive. Yeah, so.
3: No, just a wonderful guy. Scott busted his ass. He worked his ass off, no doubt about it. But... uh, Hey, there's guys like Louis and Scott, and a lot of uh, many more names in there. They they brought comedy to Minneapolis-St. Paul. Minneapolis-St. Paul still, uh, Rudy. I, I, I want your opinion on this, but as far as I know, Minneapolis-St. Paul is still one of the greatest comedy markets in the United States. The best, the best. Yeah. You
4: know, I, and I travel yeah. around quite a bit. Austin's really good. Houston's great. Right. But then these other markets that people don't necessarily they you know, they they think that they're bigger or they have more going on. Like I've I've done Nashville. There's one room, and the comics ain't that great. And I mean, there's yep. good comics that do come out of it, but I think, you know, as a whole, it's just. In fact, you know, actually, I did JB's podcast yesterday. Oh, oh you did? Yeah, yeah. He called yeah, me that's yesterday. Nice. Yeah, I think he's going to release it sometime next week. And we were just we were chatting about you know Louis Anderson and. All all the other comics that have come through, and man, every now and again, like when I just I've had a couple of bad sets in a row and I feel like unmotivated, I'll go back and rewatch that Louis Anderson at the Guthrie. Yep, yep, and he is on fire. It's amazing to watch how how fast he was, and how people just he. It's like you literally watched a guy, figuratively, open up his heart, and people just climbed right in, and they're like, "We feel so comfortable with this guy."
3: I wish to God that I would have videoed my mother and Louis Anderson's conversation because they were best of friends. I met Louis. He just he came to Vegas the first time we appeared in Vegas. He came to Vegas with I believe fifteen boxes of donuts for the when <laughs> nobody knew he was in town. I had no idea he was in Vegas at the time. I had never met Louis Anderson before. Shows up with 15 boxes of Krispy Kreme donuts. I will never forget that. But later on, he met my mother, and Louie and Toots became really good friends, like best of friends. So whenever we visited my mother when she was in the you know, the retirement home or whatever the hell they call them. Used to be called the old folks home, but you can't do that anymore, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But I would sit there and listen to them talk, and you want to talk about psychosis. These two talking to one another. I mean, he's talking to at the time an eighty-eight-year-old woman, and Louis looks over at this guy a couple tables over, and the guy's kind of weird. I don't know what his problem was, but I was observing, and Louis looks over, and he goes, "Hey, Tuts, look at this guy over here. What's it? You know this guy?" And she leans in. Now, my mother had a voice like this. She leans in to Louis, so only Louis and I could hear her. So he goes, "Say it, Tuts. You know this guy?" She leans in and goes. Yes, he wants to scramble my eggs. (laughs) It's like, oh, Jesus, Mom. Really? (laughs) Okay, get some, Toots. (laughs) Really, Toots? You got to tell me that part, do you? That's That's
0: amazing.
3: Oh, my God. I wish you guys had met my mother. I I really do.
0: Yeah.
3: She was a hell of an inspiration, I'll tell you that. No question. We have to take a break. We'll be right back in a couple of minutes. Some great stuff coming up later on. Of course, great by great stuff, I mean Kristen Burt. That's what I'm saying. Great stuff. You Obviously. that's just a given, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mo, definitely. Okay, we'll take a break. Be right back in a couple minutes. Right now, MyPillow has a massive closeout sale happening on all their all-season slippers. If you've never had them, you'd love them. Listeners continually make the MySlippers a the number one selling MyPillow product, and I have a feeling you'll want to stock up now when you hear this offer. When you use my promo code, T-O-M-TOM, you'll get the all-season slippers for $25, regularly $149.98. Is that enough money off for you? It's over $120 in savings. Limited to 10 pairs at checkout, by the way. These will sell out, trust me. My slippers have an exclusive four-layer design. You won't find in any other slipper. The patented layers make their slippers ultra-comfortable, extremely durable. They help uh, relieve your stress on your feet, and you can wear them anytime, anywhere. They also come in a ton of additional sizes, all new colors, too, of course. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Listener Square to grab a pair of the all-season slippers for $25. Regularly priced at $149.98. Limited to 10 pairs at checkout, ladies and gentlemen. Enter promo code TOM for this incredible offer. These won't last long, so order now.
1: Honey, come here, quick! What is it? Shh,
3: check it out.
1: The prices on all these highly rated tequilas are amazing. Total Wine must have made a mistake.
2: (laughs) Nope, they always have the best deals in town. Remember that amazing reposado your sister
1: brought
0: over last week? See, it's right here.
4: (laughs) Whoa, that's a low price. (laughs) I
1: mean, whoa, that's a low
2: price. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Drink
0: responsibly. B21.
3: When you need someone to listen, a
0: lawyer
1: you know and trust. If you've never been in an auto accident, it's hard to know what to expect from the insurance adjuster. Here are some tips. One, if they taught you about whether or not you should hire a lawyer, it's a good sign that you probably should. Two, it's illegal for them to give you any legal advice. They aren't lawyers, and they aren't licensed to practice law. Three, if they tell you that everyone involved in the accident is at fault, they're wrong. This comes from the belief that you're at fault for just being on the road. That's nonsense and not supported by any law. Finally, remember that friendly adjusters are often just gaining information. They want you to do most of the talking so they can file their report. I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshawn Bryant. I hope you're never injured in a collision. But if you are, don't sign anything until you've talked to us.
2: Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com.
4: Seeking justice for the injured. Brian. Nerd. Here at NerdWallet, we often see people struggle with financial decisions, like with Helen. Hey, Helen. Hello, hello, hello. Helen, you're all over the place. I'm trying to pick a rewards credit card, and I've ended up, well, everywhere. everywhere, everywhere with everywhere. NerdWallet, you don't have to feel all over the place. NerdWallet has side-by-side comparisons of top credit cards. So whether you need a card for groceries or travel, the smartest card for you is right there.
1: Wow. 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 Now I'm in one place with the right travel rewards
3: card. Nice. Nice indeed. Nerd wallet the smartest decision for all your financial decisions.
4: This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast.
3: We are back, ladies and gentlemen, a little bit of news, a little bit of information. You know, I, I got a text message from Bernie Lauer, the, the, what is he, the Chief Cook and Bottle Washer in Sales, is that his title?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think he got promoted to that recently.
3: Just a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. So he, he's Director of Sales for Hubbard, is that correct?
0: Yeah, his title. I don't know. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, yeah runs runs the sales.
3: Yep, I love that. Rudy goes, yes, that's it, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> it's
4: a hell of a softball player, and he's the sales manager. So that's all I know about him. He's, oh, he's a Packers a fan. Player? Yeah, he's a really? great softball player. Yeah, oh yeah. No, the guy's got. Uh, he carries a big bat, as they say. How do you know, know that? Because I played a softball game with him. Oh, he's intense. Because he, he has he has the Hubbard he runs the the Hubbard softball team. I played one game and I was like Bernie, I love you. I can't play for you. Yeah. You are far <laughs> too intense. Because I suck. I'm not a great. I'm not a. Very, I'm not an athlete. And he was very like, uh, Hey man, when you're going for a grounder, I was like, Listen, I'm 40 years old. Don't tell me how to pick up a grounder. Do I think I give a shit? No, you're a great guy, Bernie. But I can't play I'm with out. you. I'm <laughs> out. I am
3: out. Did you guys get the email from Bernie? I believe it was yesterday, maybe the day before about uh, the. Uh, talk and text line and all that good stuff they have set up now for the show here?
4: No. Oh, you didn't see that? Yeah. No. No. Yeah, Uh, very cool. I mean, what a great way to communicate with us.
3: So now, how, how do people do it? What do they call? What do they do? Because there are three different ways he uh, he put down there, correct?
4: Yes. So if you have the app, obviously, if you have the app and you are listening to us right now, you already have it. But if you go into – let me bring it up here. If you go into the app, there are a few different ways that you can contact us. Number one, you can just send a text message through it so you don't have to turn the show off. And if you send a text, it will come to one of our emails. Also, there is a voice memo. So if you'd like to – Send us if you know, say one of us screws up something like how to spell diarrhea, and you want to go sure. ahead, you yourself as a listener, give the correct spelling of diarrhea, then you can go ahead and give a voice memo, and then that will also send it right to our inboxes
3: as well. Okay, and the phone number, if you just want to text in, where where do they text?
4: Oh, so the text, you you do that the same with the the app itself. If you wanted to call in, yeah, if you wanted to call in, that's 952-600-2575. Oh, so they
3: just can't text in on on a phone line? Yeah, can't text in on that phone line, but if you go to the app, there is something that you can actually text in on, yes. And if you're listening, you already got the app anyway, so it shouldn't be a problem, correct? Mm-hmm. Absolutely,
4: yeah. There's just a uh, There's a little uh, – the upper left corner, you'll see like a little talk bubble. If you click on that, you'll say, uh, quick message, send audio, or send photo or video. Which all of those, regardless of what you send, it is definitely not filtered. So it goes right to Brittany's inbox.
3: Yes. <laughs> I see there you oh, And by the way, as a prediction, because I've been in the business for 51 years, and as soon as uh, talk and text line started many, many years ago, I guarantee you, oh, Brittany, are you the one that's going to be looking at the uh, – are both of you going to look at the, the calls, or how are you going to handle it? I think
0: it gets sent to uh, both – both of our emails, yeah,
3: yeah, that's what I thought. So, if you're both looking at it, be prepared because when I ve- the very first talk and text line promo I did at the queue, uh-huh. guess what the first text was?
4: Oh, it's got to be an FU, right. Fuck all of you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that checks yeah.
3: out, yeah. I just love people, don't you? I just love people?
4: <laughs> I love it. You know, remember Jimmy Kimmel used to have mean tweets? Yes.
3: Yes, absolutely.
4: We used to take text messages that would come into the show and then read them as mean texts about yep. all of us. And it was some of the best radio. And some people would just make it up. Even if they loved us, they just wanted to sure. get their text read. And that, yep. I was like, that's fine. Because half of the stuff you guys write is true even if you are kidding, I still love it. So yeah, so please start using that feature, everybody. If you stream the show, that'd be great to hear from
3: you. And here's an example of what I'm talking about, because I got this, uh, this text was sent, actually, it was kind of cool, because he didn't know what else to do. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. But he sent the text to the family podcast to Melissa over there, my daughter-in-law who handles that stuff. And then she forwarded on to me. So We'll figure this whole deal out, but there's a picture of a handsome young man giving the victory sign. Now, when you have your your nails pointed out, that's victory. But if you have your nails pointing at you, that's peace, right?
0: I didn't know that that had mattered where your nails were.
3: Oh yeah, oh yeah. The, if if your, your your knuckles facing out is victory, your knuckles facing you is is peace. Hmm. Okay. Okay. And then that one finger in the middle, when I'm which I'm doing to both of you right now, <laughs> I don't remember what that is, but. But here's a good reason why we need this talk and text line, and I thank you to, to Hubbard for setting that up because it's going to work really well. So handsome young man, he's sitting on a beach. A lot of palm trees in the back. Looks like it's about eighty-five degrees out. He's got a big smile on his face, and his text message is from Christian. That was a butt dial question. I don't know what that means. Do you remember butt dialing yesterday?
4: Mmm. I don't remember butt dialing yesterday.
3: I think Me- maybe he did. Maybe that's what it is. Oh, sure, maybe, yeah, he did. Yeah, maybe he but dialed us. Yeah, I'm not sure. Which would make sense, exactly. Not sure how that happened. Since I've been a listener to uh, the Q for 25 years, and now this podcast. Well, he said he's been listening to the podcast for 25 years too, which is hard to do.
0: That's almost it's only a month old. Almost impossible, but I, It's commendable.
3: But no, I'm sure he meant he's been listening to the family podcast. That's been on for 11 years now. I've been listening to this podcast as well. Whatever the case, listen to you while walking. Oh, Jesus. Here we go. I'm going to start over from right here. Not sure how that happened since I've been a listener to The Q and now this podcast for 25 plus years. Whatever the case, I listen to you while walking the beach in Costa Rica this morning. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you so much, sir. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are both crabby now. That's hilarious.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, didn't yeah, take great. much
0: for me today.
3: Oh, it's a lot of Minnesotans go to Costa Rica now. Have you noticed that?
0: No, I didn't know that. What, what? Is there housing that's like uh, affordable? I guess. Mm-hmm.
3: I guess. Yeah, lots of people I know, I mean not millions or anything, but lots of people I know and they go down to Costa Rica all the time. I know a couple of people that have actually bought houses in Costa Rica. It's Jesus. I guess it's beautiful, the forest, the ocean, the whole deal. So, I don't know what the hell. Does it work?
4: I don't know. I've never been to Costa Rica, so I can't say I if I've know. ever met Minnesotans in Costa Rica. It seems lovely, though. Um, my sister and brother-in-law went, came back, and just said if if they were ever going to buy beach property, Costa Rica would be the place. Really?
3: Yeah. Yep. That's exactly what I've heard. Rudy. Mm-hmm. No question about it. Um, yeah. As far as that, you know, it's really funny about that whole deal. I've been all over Europe. I've never been to the to the Far East, but I've been all over Europe. But I've never been to South America. And the weird thing about it, I've been to Cuba, but I've never been to South America. Hmm. And the weird part of that is, other than stepping across the border in Matamaros and Tijuana, or whatever that is going to Tijuana, that's the only parts of Mexico. I've never been in Mexico other than at the border check in. Hmm. Is that weird?
0: Yeah. Are you an ocean guy? Because, I mean.
3: I love the ocean.
0: And would you ever want to live on the ocean?
3: You mean like right on the ocean where yeah. to have to pay a hundred million for a house? Yeah. No, I would not <laughs> want to live there. Uh no yeah, I do love the ocean. Absolutely. The ocean is when we go on vacation we have a place right on the ocean and it's really it's Spectacular! Looking out at that water and the beauty of it all, and yeah. the birds flying over—it's It it's very serene, no doubt.
0: And yet, it's just weird to think that you never went deeper into Mexico, because Mexico is gorgeous. That's
3: what I heard. That's what I've heard from everybody. And while well, Dougie Sprinthal just uh, was there for a month down in what the hell is one Right in the middle, kind of like by Acapulco, not you know that area. I, I don't know what the hell the name of it is. He'll mm. he'll tell me. Yeah. He's going to be on the family show today. He uh, hasn't been on in quite a while. He's been on vacation doing some other things. So Dougie will return. Uh, this, I think is his last show, though, he's going to do. Oh, Aww. maybe he'll announce that. I love Dougie. Dougie's one of my favorite people in the world. You know, he's a very smart guy. His father was a professor at Princeton. Did you know that? And Harvard, I think. We I think are. it was Harvard. And then, yeah. You, did you know that?
0: No, I had no idea. And you would think that if he had any relation to Harvard, aren't you supposed to immediately tell people?
3: Oh, absolutely. There's no, <laughs> <doubt>. <laughs> no question about that. I used to do that with, you know, I never graduated, but I went to North High. And they're like, yeah, that's great. Uh, that's really good. <laughs> Speaking of that, by the way, what the hell is the deal? Honest to God, I I love North Minneapolis. I really do. I, I wasn't born there. I was born in Long Prairie, but I grew up there. I love the place. Would you please back off on the violence? This story from last night really breaks my heart. Minneapolis North High football player shot in both legs Wednesday night while walking home in North Minneapolis. So you went after the very thing that would hurt him the most.
0: I know.
3: Don't you just hate that?
0: Oh, it made me cry. This was a yeah. This was a devastating story.
3: It is. Kashmir Hamilton Grunau, I think is how you say the last name. I think it's Hamilton Grunau. A junior was featured in the Showtime documentary, Boys and in... Oh, so this is all about jealousy. That's just, This is envy and jealousy is what this is. A 16-year-old North High football player is in stable condition after being shot multiple times while walking home in North Minneapolis on Wednesday night. Minneapolis police responded to shots, fired, calling on the 2100 block of North 8th Avenue. That's uh, about two blocks from the house I used to live live in on the... Jesus, it's just sad. Um, they located a minor with gunshot wounds to both legs. First responders applied two tourniquets before rushing into to HCMC. Relatives identified the boy as Kashmir Hamilton Grenau, a junior multi-sport athlete at North High, who was prominently featured in the recent Showtime documentary, Boys in Blue, which chronicled the uh, Polars' 2021 football season. Supporters packed the hospital's emergency, entrance into the late evening, awaiting further con, uh, condition updates, but reported that he was awake and in good spirits despite serious injuries. So they did this on purpose. Whoever did this knew who he was, and they did it on purpose.
0: I don't know. So in this story, when you keep reading, they ask him a question, and I don't know. I don't know what's scarier, if it, that he was sought out or if he was literally just a random person. Um, yeah.
3: Well, the, but the question—the question was, "What the hell's the deal with Britney?" And he didn't know the answer.
0: Yeah, there's that. Um, he, yeah, no. They asked him, um, "Are you in a gang?" Uh, oh yeah, yep. Yeah, and then um, they, they he started running. They ran away because they were like, "Oh, that's not a great question to be asked." And then they shot at him.
3: Yeah, it could be good. What? Because he had some something on them or something. Because they asked him that question, they thought he had something on them. That's why they had to shoot him.
0: I have no idea. I don't know what's scarier. Like I said, if they sought out this one person, or if there's just people out there that are seeing teenagers walking and attacking them.
3: The only problem I have with that argument is why did they specifically shoot a great running runner in the legs? Usually you don't shoot people in the legs. You either shoot him in the in the carcass or, you know, in the head, something like I maybe they just didn't want to kill him, I suppose. I don't know. But yeah. how many times was he shot? Does it say here any anywhere in the story?
0: Um, I'm not sure. I know they were talking about how grateful they were that it didn't hit anything Jesus. that killed them. Um and they're talking about they're 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 saying how lucky and grateful they are for where he was shot, which I thought, you know, that's
3: Yeah, I just have a hard time believing they didn't know who he was. I think this was all a setup. It's all about jealousy because he was on national television and they shot him in the legs for a very specific reason. I'm just not buying that just happened that they shot him in the legs, uh, therefore hurting his career, of course. Uh, hopefully he'll recover from it but I, I just that does bother me and there was violence there when I was a kid there's some psychopaths there and I mean you know including my dad What should I throw that in or not what do you think
0: I mean it's sometimes it's relative to the story so it makes sense it,
3: yeah that's a very good point but you know it's gotten worse over the years it's always been a very rough neighborhood there's no question about that and and uh, People don't understand why I loved it so much, but it's because I am who I am because of North Minneapolis, because of all the people I knew there. Uh, I grew up with different people, different cultures, different looks at things. But see, I just thought when I came away from that, instead of watching on TV how, how we were separated and hey, you live here and I live here, and I'm, not where I grew up. We all lived together. We all went to school together. We all hung out together. We had a great time. I told you that time we thought we uh, picked up a box of railroad flares, didn't I? Uh,
0: yeah, but you should tell it again.
3: Uh, Benny, Benjamin Cruchon, uh, a great friend, unfortunately died very, very young. But uh, Benjamin Cruchon was an African-American man. And then Ronald was Native American. We, I mean, we literally, and it wasn't that we, let's select these people to go trick-or-treat. We were friends. Uh-huh. We got together and did those things because we were all friends. Uh, trick-or-treating or or whatever the hell else it was, but my favorite of all time. Rudy, you've never heard this story, have you? I haven't. railroad flares? No. Well, it was kind of a problem Hmm. because we're going through the railroad yards down there near 7th Street. Just a bunch of school kids. Chucky was there, a bunch of great friends, and we're walking along, and they go, oh, my God, look at that. There's an entire box of railroad flares. Uh, So we grabbed them, and Benny and I were carrying them along there for a while because we're not... It wasn't a light deal. There's no question about that. Uh, we get to school, and I can't remember how the school discovered we had a box of railroad flares. But I can remember the second they discovered the box, there were about five fire engines and about ten cop cars that surrounded the school. Oh, my God. Okay. <clears throat> Turns out was not a box of railroad flares. It was a box of dynamite. Jesus.
0: <laughs> I can't even...
3: I mean, I gotta believe that railroad yard dynamite is a little unstable.
0: Oh my! Think about you guys walking around with them, setting it down in yeah. weird spots as you like tie oh, yeah. your shoes. Like it, it gives me anxiety to say the least.
3: Take a break. We'll sit on the box of flares. Oh, what do you say?
0: Oh my god!
3: But I will never forget. On they brought all the kids in school into the auditorium, and Officer Savanich. I will never forget Officer Savanich. He was the the big the connection between the Minneapolis Police Department and the school system, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Officer Savanich walked out and started talking and he started crying. Oh. And he's like, I know you boys and you boys could have been killed. You're nice kids. What the hell are you doing? And he's bawling up on stage. It was really sweet.
0: Did that have an impact on you? Like did you Oh yeah. Yeah.
3: Oh yeah. You're going to have a tough time convincing me we should defund the police after Officer Savonich cried because I almost killed myself accidentally. Yeah, you know, That meant a lot to me, i cool got to be honest with you.
4: Well, didn't you see that the side of the box had Acme written on the side yeah. of it? Why, uh, uh, yeah, why see? the
3: hell? You kids. P- picture of the Roadrunner on there, mm-hmm. the whole deal. Wasn't everything on the Roadrunner from Acme Company? Yep, mm-hmm. everything. <laughs> That's pretty funny, actually. Yeah. You know who's not from the Acme Company? is the lovely and talented Kristen Burt. What are you doing, sister?
2: I'm hanging with my cat. She likes to join me every single morning. Can you see In her? the closet? Yes. She's so oh, pretty. Christ. Really?
3: Yeah, she's
0: gorgeous.
2: She thinks she's really pretty, too. She's yeah. got a very strong ego. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, very self-confident. Well,
3: there's nothing wrong with that. So we were just talking, and I want to throw this out there quickly because we were just talking about 10 minutes ago. I watched another couple of episodes of Poker Face. That woman is phenomenal in that show.
2: Natasha Leone. Natasha Leon. Yep. Yeah, she is. She's been talented since she was a kid. She was actually a kid actor who came up through the industry, um, and has worked for years. And great character actress. Uh, she was in Orange Is the New Black. If anyone has right. seen that show, yep. yeah. But always good Russian doll. Whatever she does, she's always a standout. And she's had that sort of gravelly voice her whole entire life. So imagine like a 10-year-old actress. This is why she would get hired as a kid um, because of that gravelly voice.
3: Oh, yeah. There's no question. Hey, look, in my life, I completed the trifecta. You always want to complete the trifecta in your life. And I started with my mother who had a very gravelly voice and deep voice and then I met Amy Daniels, who's the program director here at Hubbard. Is she our boss, by the way? I yes. asked you two on the show. I mean, she is?
0: I don't know if you're comfortable with that term, but yes, she is our boss.
3: Could I file a complaint with the. Uh, th- there's got to be some commission.
0: Yeah. What I'll, do you think? I'll find you a box to put your complaint in.
3: Thank you. So a my mother, shoebox. very deep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a very deep, gravelly voice. Uh, Amy Daniels has a, not, not really deep, but a deeper gravelly voice. And now you close it out with her on Poker Face. I got my trifecta of gravelly voice women, which I love. Thank you.
2: <laughs> you need to get <laughs> Natasha on the show. That's what you need to do.
3: Oh, I would love to talk to her because she yeah. is so, uh, she's great in that show. Really good.
2: Yeah. I mean, especially where you're fan the show. Absolutely. The peacock would probably love that.
3: All right, so who should we call? What do you think?
2: Peacock Publicist, the one that covers the show. I could get the name if you need it.
3: Oh,
4: Ooh. look at you. Yeah, send that to wow. my email. Would you please?
2: I will, absolutely. Awesome. I'll let you know. We're
3: working together, baby. What exactly. do you think of that? All right, so what's the latest on your docket? What's happening?
2: Well, I promised Rudy I had a topic that I kind of wanted to talk about with all of you because we've been talking a little bit about this possible writer strike but one of the big things they're arguing about and i think that this is something everybody should be worried across the board it's just that the writers guild is at the forefront because they don't want this to become an issue it is ai artificial intelligence and they're talking about chat like gpt do you guys all know what that is that's like all those software programs that can write scripts for you Mm -hmm. and they're trying to ban it because they're concerned that what will happen is these software companies will be like, we wrote this script for you. Now you, you know, you Paramount Pictures or you Warner Brothers owe us residuals. Um, and that means that essentially a corporation would get the residuals off of a film versus a writer who is just struggling to make ends meet and pay their mortgage. Um, so they're trying to get ahead of the equation and they also want to make sure that studios aren't handing a writer like, Hey, this was originally like source material from a chat GB- uh, GPT program. Now can you sort of retool it? Can you do a little, um, doctoring on it because then they're thinking well the writer's going to have to share residuals with a software company. And I was just thinking about this because Rudy I've got to imagine it's going to come into play somehow when it comes to stand-up comedy which is already sometimes can be sketchy of like who originated this joke.
4: Mhm. Yeah. Have you
2: given thoughts to it?
4: I do actually there's a show in town called Robot Takeover. It's a monthly stand-up comedy show where you Basically you feed your jokes into an AI and then it dishes you back jokes that are based on your material and I'll say this the jokes that the AI writes are dog shit they're terrible <laughs> they are awful they're so bad so it, go ahead and try to pump out a couple of scripts you know a uh, uh, full length features in AI and eventually people are going to go the writing is so clunky it's so bad will it Evolve and maybe get better, sure. I think eventually we are going to go ahead and treat some of this stuff like we do nuclear power, where it's just too much power for one person to have, and they're already starting to do it, especially with the face swap stuff. I mean, the guys I, – I heard a podcast with the, the two men, who I believe are Australian, who created, like, the face swap technology, and basically they have said, like, we will not license it to people – because if this gets into the wrong hands it can tear people down and i imagine that this is what it's going to be where you, you remember back in the day when you had to show your work i mean that was the, that was the whole point of math class was to show your work mm-hmm. i think we're all going to have to go back to handwriting <laughs> eventually <laughs> or there's going to have to be some sort of You know, a screen record that shows you in real time, you can speed it up over a 20 second period, like here is me for, you know, 40 hours of my life sitting down and writing out an episode of, you know, whatever show, Orange is the New Black. I think there's going to be a lot of show your work. And I'm I don't know. Hollywood always finds a way to make money. And if it really starts, the product is always going to be the thing that they come back to. And if the product starts to suck and it starts turning people away, they're definitely going to have to go back to just having people, you know, actual human beings, write their scripts.
2: Right. And it's it's something that's come up in my business, too, because they can write an article faster than I can, especially for trending ent- entertainment. But again, you can't get those same sources like on the ground, like calling mm-hmm. someone, getting that quote. It's a little bit different. But I will say, and I've seen this on TikTok, Britt, I don't know if you've seen it, but people are taking their selfies and they're letting AI sort of generate a headshot for them. And mm-hmm. photographers are starting to chime in
0: Yeah, about it. Yeah, I've seen that quite a bit. And um, they actually, I would say it's kind of like Rudy said, There's, I would say most of them look terrible. And then there's like 10% of them that look decent. I also just recently watched this acting group let an AI write their script for them and they put in the parameters that it had to be about drinking wine and there had to be a twist ending. And it was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. It was yeah. literally like these two people drinking wine and then one at the end was like, by the way, this wine is poison.
4: Oh <laughs> my God. <laughs> Unreal. Yeah. Wow. And actually, AJ, who is going to be filling in for me next week, just made a comment about something I didn't realize. AJ, you want to tell everybody what it is you just told me? Yeah, for sure. So um, I don't know if anybody here watches South Park. Yeah. Um, last yeah. week on the episode that they did, it was centered around chat, GPT and everything like that. And it got to a point in the story where they had to like come to the resolve. It had the giant uh conflict and how are they going to solve it and it came out afterwards the writers uh, trey parker and matt stone they'd if, if to go with the joke they said write or finish this story involving a kid named kyle and how he gets out of this situation and the script and the dialogue is exactly what chat gpt did and it's like a five minute thing so that you know they're already kind of doing that what yeah. you're talking about
2: And you know what makes that even more interesting is that South Park is always ahead of the trends. They predict things that happen in the future all of the time. So, you know, if if Matt and Trey are doing it, definitely the industry needs to even jump five steps ahead of this because it's happening.
3: Mm -hmm. Okay, could I ask you all a question? Mm -hmm. Do I have to now, because I have a four-year-old grandson, every time he FaceTimes me now, I punch it up. And I don't see him, I see a cartoon police officer face. He never puts himself up there anymore when he calls me. He puts up a cartoon figure.
4: Uh, What's that? Yeah. Uh, my mom would always FaceTime with my daughter when she was younger, and at some point, I'm just like, I, "Have you ta- Have you said a word to Grammy in the last 20 minutes?" and I could hear my mom on the FaceTime go, "No, she just keeps changing my face to like a bunny, and yep. then a, and then a rabbit, and then a, it moves yep. it over to a hamster."
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about, Rudy. I get he's a cop, and I'm all these douchey things. I don't get
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> what is that you saying? Know. What is that saying, Tom?
3: Um, <laughs> Disrespect for authority, is that what it is? No, that can't That's be it.
2: absolutely.
3: He didn't take after one of his relatives, did he? Like maybe his grandfather? Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> I've always been great with authority. Have you ever noticed?
0: He's also the one that said, Jesus Christ, on the ride he was on. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: well, Christian, you know that story, don't you?
0: I, I don't. Oh, it's so we
3: were, funny. We were at Disney World a couple of weeks ago, and we got on the mine train, which yep. literally turns way over on its side, and you feel like you're going to fall out. Right? I mean, you're not going to, but you feel like you're going to fall out. It goes very fast, takes very sharp turns. So you're getting tossed around a bit. I mean, not like you're going to get hurt tossed around, but, you know, it's just kind of fun. But it's so we hit the first hard turn. It turns us over literally on our left shoulder. I'm sitting in the second seat. He's sitting in the first seat with his dad. And all of a sudden, we we flip over, and I hear him go, "Jesus Christ!"
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, and
0: Kristen, <laughs> this and this is Sage, and he is the sweetest boy. Like he comes over to my house and he pets my little girl, Go-Go, He's like always giving me big hugs, and they have it on film. Like uh, Alex filmed it, and he's just so serious. Jesus Christ! It's like <laughs> <laughs> that would be me. He and I should go on the rides together. I know. It was one of those moments, Alex was like, do you think uh, Sage is hanging out with Bop-Bop a little too much? Oh,
3: so I get blamed.
0: Yeah, you do. Okay. I wonder where he no, heard I that. where he gets yeah. it.
3: Although he did say a couple of... I've never told Alex this, so don't tell her. Okay. Because it's the great Christopher Walken line, and I love using it on the phone once in a while, and apparently he's heard me do it. He literally, four-year-old boy, I get to hear a four-year-old boy, because I was teasing him, and he goes... Stop teasing me, Bop Bop, or I'll do some damage you won't walk away from. <laughs> oh,
0: okay. okay, Tom. Have you
3: heard okay. Bop Bop on he, the phone at all? Is yeah. that what this is?
0: all? <laughs> no, I think he got he that from setting up boundaries. Yeah, he got that from Bluey. Like
3: yeah, Bluey. Yeah, right. Exactly.
0: Oh, Tom, you
3: I love Bluey. I do. You're the worst. I love Bluey because every time you say the word Bluey, Ethan, 15-month-old Ethan, runs to the TV and looks at it. I just love that about little kids. Don't you love little kids? Little kids are the greatest thing that ever happened to the world.
0: Yeah. I love, I love little kids, except Gogo woke up every two hours last night. So. Uh, that's a tough one. But she giggles, so it's like, God damn oh, it, you're so cute. so cute.
3: <laughs> I know. Well, There's nothing wrong with that. All right, Kristen, anything else happening?
2: Yes, and this is something I thought I called this. When Tom Sizemore passed away a few weeks ago, I said someone's going to do the Heidi Fleiss story. The two of them dated for a couple of years. Yesterday, HBO Max said that they are adapting Heidi Fleiss's story into a scripted series people don't know who she is this was a big 90s story she was known as the hollywood madam and charlie sheen got dragged into it so you know it's going to be juicy she never released her black book charlie sheen kind of took the fall for every other a-list actor that used her services so i am interested to see how this one plays out
3: and who's gonna do you know who'd you say is gonna pick it up
2: um hbo max is doing it
3: oh god when do they change their name, by the way? HBO is going away, I heard.
2: Yeah, and I think they're just going to Max. Just the like Max?
3: That. That's it, Max?
2: Yeah, like the Max or something. So it's
3: No. That's a terrible Max, to me, was the guy who sold cigars on Plymouth Avenue. Uh,
2: <laughs> I That's know. Well, everything Max. with the, the Warner Brothers uh, merge and everything, it, it yes. created a big mess for them. So
3: I understand. All right, we'll keep an eye on it, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.
2: See you tomorrow.
3: Thank you, Kristen Burt, ladies and gentlemen. Another KB in my life, Kristen Burt. Ladies and gentlemen. Let me say that again, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, we'll be right back right at this very quick break. A lot more news coming up right at this Tom Bernard Show. See that snow on your lawn? Two weeks from now, it'll all be gone. It's time to say goodbye to winter and hello to spring lawn care. If you want the best lawn on the block, you've got to go with my friends at ProTurf a Minnesota lawn care company since 1982, don't be sending that lawn care renewal contract back to the company that did lousy work last year. Go with the company that has service techs with over 20 years of experience who service the same routes so they get to know your lawn. Schedule a free in-person lawn care analysis and estimate now at Professionalturf.com. Once the snow melts, ProTurf will send an experienced service tech to assess your lawn and customize a slow-release fertilizer and weed control plan that is environmentally safe and guaranteed for superior results. A beautiful, healthy lawn free of crabgrass, dandelions, and broadleaf weeds. Be sure to check out their amazing landscape projects and ProTurf services irrigation systems, too. ProTurf, exceptional lawn care, landscape, and irrigation services.
1: Consultation. The number to call is 763-571-2410. That's 763-571-2410. Or visit bialkielaw.com. That's B-I-A-L-K-E law.com.
3: Tom here. Why should your business work with my friends at North American Banking Company? Here's Minnesota hockey legend Winnie Brown of OS Hockey.
0: North American Banking Company has really allowed our business to grow over the years because whenever we have a question, we have the convenience of being able to walk, in or we know exactly who to call to get things done.
3: To learn more about North American Banking Company, go to nabankco.com. That's nabankco.com or visit any one of their Twin Cities locations. Member FDIC, equal housing Lend.